my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, a contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're asking, what is God really like? And today we're looking at a question that is so relevant to our contemporary world. We're asking, where can I find peace? If you'd like to make a comment or text a question to us, please uh, feel free to do that. Our text number here is 0488-880811. Today our co-host is Helen Gray, and Helen's standing in for our really good mate, uh, David Butcher, who has got a total overload of responsibilities at the at the present time. He can't make it in today. Uh, Helen is the Bible worker for the Birdwood uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you again, Helen. You're being overworked this week big time. Absolutely, but I feel like I've got big shoes to fill. Oh, well, you, you, you do a wonderful <laughs> I mean, job, Helen. He's you, our you, president. You, Hello. He is. He <laughs> is, and I really appreciate working with David. He's a yes. lovely. He's a lovely guy, and has got some uh, wonderful insight. But yes. I also appreciate yes. working with yourself. Thank um, you, Gary. It's uh, uh, three days in a row this Tuesday, <laughs> yesterday, and then today, and then your regular day is uh, is tomorrow. Thursday. And yes. I know there's a lot of our listeners who really appreciate. Uh, all that you uh, uh, all that you do actually share. It's Thank the end of another financial year. Can you believe yes. it? No. The countdown is on. You know, have you got your tax affairs already? Oh, I just think the whole year is just, you know, you blink and it's gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know. You know, people it, will be counting up the days to Christmas soon. Well, that's right. Well, I noticed that uh, in, in the shop there's still hot cross buns in there and I'm sort of working, trying to work out why hot cross buns are still in the shop. But, hey, you know, I actually like hot cross buns. So I don't <laughs> mind. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know why they don't take the cross off the top. But, hey, that's, uh, um, that's, uh, that's just, just me. What's your favourite time of the year? Every day. Every day. <laughs> Every day, actually, Gary, because, you know, I know the weather changes, but it's the weather that has the problem. Yeah. Actually, that's that's one of the things that I really appreciate about ministry, and that is that, you know, through through my entire life, through, you know, 35, almost 40 years of ministry, you know, no two days are the same. You can be guaranteed that every single day uh, is going to be different. You're not sure what the day is going to bring you. Yes, you've got your regular appointments, but it's amazing how quickly anything can change. Oh, can't. that's so true. But if, if I had a favourite day, Gary, it would have to be the Sabbath. Okay. Okay. I love the Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, love fellowshipping yeah. with, you know, people that not only have like faith, but people that come and they're seeking and searching and sharing with them you know yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love it I, I mean every yeah. now and then I've actually had somebody say to me you know it's such a workspace thing to uh, uh, to keep the Sabbath and I sort of thought well you've never actually kept Sabbath I no. you know I, re- I agree with you I really enjoy uh, the the end of the week because it's something to look forward to to be able to lay aside the yeah. uh, the, uh, the challenges and the uh, the rigmarole and the uh, the treadmill is uh, is really something yes. yeah although in in reality, 
most um, ministerial staff are, are very busy on on the Sabbath, but it's different, Gary. It's different. Well, I find I, the I, fellowship I just, is actually a wonderful yeah, thing to actually have. I actually feel really at peace. You know, yeah, the Sabbath yeah. comes. I mean, I love every day. God has created every day, and yeah. He gives us the opportunity. But when it comes to the Sabbath, it's just it's different, Gary. Yeah, yeah. Different. I know myself. The other, yeah. I, I really appreciate early in the morning being able to mm. to get up and just spend time. You know, before the day starts, and uh, uh, spend some time just uh, j- just in the Word and just doing some reading uh, and then just going out for my walk. And, you know, I, I just find that such a, uh, a rewarding thing to do very early in the in the morning. Mm. Um, but look, let's come to our World Watch uh, segment. Now, I'd just love to share with you a an article. I really appreciate there's a, uh, online, there's a, a thing called the Denison Forum. And uh, uh, this this gentleman is based overseas, but he, he writes some very uh, applicable, uh, relevant material to our particular uh, world today. And he's just written an article entitled Three biblical ways to prepare for an uncertain future and what he's talking about is this huge building that's actually collapsed a 12-story building that collapsed uh, over in the in the states and uh, uh, this is what he says an apartment building in Surfside Florida collapsed Uh, when I first heard the news I was shocked by such a horrible tragedy it's difficult to imagine what it would be like for the building where you live to suddenly collapse around you now Helen just imagine this you know you go to bed at night this is a 12-story building and you you go to sleep you've heard a few creaks and groans in the in the building but nothing to be worried about and that's the end of your life and i know what you're saying gary and what i can liken it to is going through a 7.4 earthquake and the fault line under our place and at three minutes to four in the morning it hit and wow. it was like came out of nowhere. And where was that? And that was in Papua New Guinea, in Madang. Okay. And, um, yeah, you know, the walls were coming in, girders were coming in, you know, there was dust and, and all the rest of it. And I praise God that he, uh, you know, that we were able to go through it. But, yeah, it, it is so startling. Yeah. And the one thing I did learn, though, Gary, if I can just share very yeah. quickly, and that is there is nothing, there is no one that you can hang on to except the Lord. And, and that is actually yes. so true. I mean, I know I've only experienced an earthquake on one occasion, and that wasn't a large earthquake. That was a fairly small. There was some deaths, but we were a little way away, and it, uh, it, it there was certainly more, uh, there's been a lot more significant earthquakes than this particular mm-hmm. one. But, uh, do you know, that, uh, that comment that you've just made is actually just so true. Mm. Um, but this article keeps on saying, saying this. When I first heard the news, I was shocked by such a horrible tragedy. It's difficult to imagine what it would be like for in the building where you live to suddenly collapse around you. However, I was not surprised. We live in a fallen world where pandemics strike. We know that bad things often happen to good people. By contrast, when our oldest son was diagnosed with cancer several years ago, I confess to you my first reaction was that's not fair. Um, I've prayed uh, for his safety every day since we uh, discovered that my wife was pregnant with him. Uh, the conscious part of me knew that such prayers were no guarantee, of course. Bad things are likely to happen to him as it's likely to happen to any of us. But my reaction nonetheless betrayed my unstated expectation that while bad things happen to good people, they're not supposed to happen to God's people. Uh, The opposite, however, 
is often actually the case. And then he goes on and he shares this. Yesterday we discussed in his article uh, the courage that is needed in a post-truth culture to tell people the truth they don't want to hear. Today, it's Today, let's close our week-long conversation by focusing on the courage God's people have always needed to truly follow him in a fallen world. Jesus told his followers, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you, when they spurn your, your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. It's not if, according to this text, but when. Paul was actually dogmatic. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Over the first three centuries of the Christian era, it's estimated that as many as two million Christians died for their faith. Journalist John Allen reports that Christians today are indisputably the most persecuted religious body on the planet. One scholar estimates that 90% of all people killed on the basis of their religious beliefs today are in fact Christians. We know that Christians are being persecuted around the world, but it's easy to think that these stories cannot be our stories, that we will not have to pay such a price for our faith. One reason is that the contemporary Christian has been conditioned to experience life as consumers. Now, I found this intriguing. Our waking lives more and more resemble a never-ending all-you-can-eat buffet. Consumables include movies, books, uh, music, stuff, uh, with uh, Amazon Prime, Spotify, Premium, um, Netflix, YouTube, amongst others, are treating us to an unending smorgasbord of consumption. There's content, lots of it, and it's free. Uh, And with a paid subscription, there's even more, making it hard not to binge watch, uh, which is but the latest form of binge consuming. In our culture, you and I are in charge. We're told that we can have what we want when we want it. However, the reality is actually very different. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Another factor is the fact that you and I have been living in in an unusual period in history. For most of my lifetime, Christians have been empowered on a significant level. We have seen the birth and growth of of megachurches across the land. It's been easy uh, to think that this is the way it's always been and always will be. However, and this is what he says, this was what really jumped out at me, those days are ending. This From the so-called, and he names a number of things that are happening in the States, the so-called Equality Act, uh, to our religious freedom, to political leaders, uh, our religious leaders, um, our political leaders equating our beliefs with um, uh, with those of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, to a rising secular ideology that brands Christianity as dangerous to society. It's clear that opposition to evangelical Christians is escalating. And uh, then he makes these statements. He says, how should we respond? Let's close with three 
biblical choices. One, choose to pay the price of your convictions before the bill comes due. Jesus always intended his followers to carry their cross daily, to be crucified with him, to surrender their lives as a living sacrifice. Determine now to give him whatever he asks, whatever it takes, whatever the cost. Two, ask the Holy Spirit to empower you before you need his power. We are to be filled and empowered by the Spirit every day. And then thirdly, remember the commitment others have made before you, you may need to make your own. And then he says this, Hebrews 11 tells us of God's faithful men and women and the often horrific price they paid to serve their Lord. The writer told their stories for a reason. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely to us and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. When I see what others have done, we will be encouraged. That is what we must do too. Now, Helen, just tell me something. Do you think uh, Dennison, in writing this article, is being sensational? Do you think he's being overly sensational in what he's saying? No, I don't. I don't think he's being overly sensational because you look at the climate of the world today and I think he's pretty well spot on. I mean, it is true when, you know, something happens to someone who appears to be a good Christian in our world, um, we think that's not fair. But um, we're told that rain falls on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. It's how we react that is the most important. Um, I think I've mentioned this to you you before, you know, when things used to happen in my life, I would say, why, Lord? Why? Mm. You know, I love you. I'm following you. Why? Until I met a guy who had a a terrible accident and ended up in a wheelchair. Mm. And um, his whole life just absolutely changed. And when he told me his story, I changed my voice from why, Lord, to why not, Lord? Mm. Why not? And I think even though some of the stories, I can't read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Mm. I tried. I I, I agree with you. I can't read it either. I think I got to a page and a half or something, and I just can't read it. But I'm, I was listening, and in fact, I was sharing with our group today that I was listening to a girl who was 23 when she fell in love with Jesus. She stood for the Lord, and she was in a country where that was a no-no. Yeah. And she just had a baby. They took the baby off her. They put her in prison, and they used to bring the baby to her every you know few hours with the baby screaming for milk. And they said, all you have to do is to recant and we'll open the door. And she never did. 23-year-old Gary. And I thought back to when I was 23. You know, I mean, that was just incredible. The baby ended up dying. And then they came in and they said, are you going to recant? She said, no, I can't do that, you know, for what my Lord has done for me. And they shot her. And I thought, how would I stand None of us actually know that until we're put in that situation. And um, I was reading the story that this this guy came from your report about um, during the Boxer Rebellion in China. And that really touched me as well. You know, that they were students. Yeah. 
students and you know they were given instructions that those who trampled the cross as they came out of the building would be set free those who walked across the cross honoring it would be executed and the report came out the first seven students trampled the cross under their feet and were released but the eighth student young girl knelt beside the cross and prayed for strength Mm. i want to cry when i read that gary you know she slowly walked across the cross to face the firing squad strengthened by her example every one of the more than 90 students followed her to death Mm. you know and the question is if they could die for jesus can't we live for him today yeah 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 that's powerful gary i I find this article by you know the denison forum it's it's available online if you want to get i I found some of these articles to be uh very significant and very powerful and incredibly relevant to Mm. the day and age in which we're living today Mm. uh and you know as i look at this i sort of see you know hey how many of us could be sleeping in a building like occurred there in Florida and in the middle of the night for unknown reasons. There's no bomb, there's no fighting, there's nothing. The building just falls down, Mm. you know. I mean, is this sort of thing possible in our day and age? Well, the answer is yes, it is very, very possible. And Mm. do these things happen even to the best Christians? Yes, they do. Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, to me, I only make sense of it when I actually come to Hebrews chapter 11 because Hebrews chapter 11, I keep on reading, all these wonderful victories that were actually made uh, by people of faith. I love the list there. You know, well, it's the, the hall of faith. It's the it? hall of fame. You know, yeah. and yet, you know, two thirds of the way through, he's listing off all these wonderful victories that were actually uh, that were actually won through faith. He gets two thirds of the way through, and suddenly his chapter changes tone. He says, "But others." He says, "But others." You know, many mighty victories were right won, but others suffered for their faith and he lists the way that they suffered for their faith and you know sometimes i've wondered helen which is the uh, which who has the stronger faith is it the person who actually has seen the wonderful victories or is it the person who's actually been able uh, to weather the storms that's been thrown at them that's a very good question actually i was just talking to a young lass this morning who said i want to be alive when jesus comes but i don't know if i could get through the time of trouble and i said to her, well either way you don't have to worry i said because the lord knows who can sustain and who won't be sustained mm-hmm. and i said you keep your eyes on him if you can't um, be sustained he will let you rest mm. Mm, and I said, so and then true. you see him. And I said, so otherwise he will take you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's come to some music. This is uh, Michael Card. Uh, the song's El Shaddai. This is a song that uh, I... I remember it from well many many years ago. Love uh, love this, uh, this this particular song. Love this rendition uh, of this uh, this song as well. El Shaddai, my provider. Uh, please enjoy Michael Card and the song is uh, El Shaddai. Uh, love it. El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai Age to age you're still the same By the power of the name El Shaddai, El Shaddai Erechim Kana Adonai We will praise and lift you high El Shaddai 
Through your love and through the ram, you saved the son of Abraham, and by the power of your hand, turn the sea into dry land. To the outcast on her knees, you were the God who really sees. You set your children free. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai. Age to age, you're still the same. Messiah ought to be. Though your word contained the plan, they just could not understand that your most awesome work was done through the frailty of your son. El Shaddai. song was El Shaddai way back from uh, 1976. Can you believe I, I, I was way back? I was in high school in uh, in 76. I remember that song being released, actually. You were uh, in high school. I was in high school. I was married up in the islands by then. <laughs> Oh, uh, Dimmy, we're displaying our age oh. big time, aren't we? You know, but isn't that a beautiful song? It is. It is. I, I, I really appreciate. It. Look, yes. guys, we do have a uh, a free giveaway book uh, for you uh, for you today. Uh, this book is entitled uh, "After God's Heart." 
And uh, this is a study in brokenness that comes from the life of David. You know, David has got just so much. King David has got so much uh, to teach us. You know, Psalm 53, and I, so many times I've read Psalm 23, I've read Psalm 51. 51, of course, is a powerful psalm. If ever you're, you're struggling with the issue of forgiveness and repentance, please go and read uh, Psalm 51. Uh, that was a psalm that was written by King David after he had committed adultery uh, with Bathsheba. It's a powerful prayer. In uh, in this particular book, it's entitled After God's Heart, A Study in Brokenness from the Life of David. Uh, this is our giveaway. It's just a, a little book. Uh, we'd love to be able to share it with you. If you would like your own copy of After uh, God's Heart, then uh, please uh, just uh, text us uh, your name, your address, your telephone number, and uh, we'll get it to you by the fastest possible means. And and uh, the, just put down After God's Heart as the name of the book so we know which particular offer that you're dealing with, or that you're wanting. And uh, please text us at our studio number here. That number is 0488 880811. That number again is 0488 880811. 811 and you will love uh, this uh, uh, this particular particular book. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Helen Gray. And Helen's the Bible worker at the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're asking the question, what is God really like? Last week, you might remember, those of you who were with us, we talked about the God of the Old Testament and the the horrible view that so many people have got of the God of the Old Testament. We tried to provide some answers to that particular question question. This week though we're talking about what is God really like. We're going to be to the positive this week and today we're going to look at the question that I, that is actually so relevant to so many in our contemporary world. We're going to be asking where can I find peace? Does the God of heaven, does he provide us with this thing called peace? You know, Helena, it's a practice that I actually commenced uh, many years ago. It was uh, at a time when I uh, had to design my my business card. And to this day, uh, my business card's got the usual things on on the front, my name, you know, who I am, uh, my contact details. Uh, But, you know, on the back, I always print a text of scripture and it's actually the text of scripture that we also sign off uh, our drive time program with and it actually comes from the new living translation because i love the way it's actually expressed uh, this uh, this passage says this i'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace i give isn't like the peace that the world gives so don't be troubled or afraid. Now, you know, that is a really beautiful um, text. It's a wonderful promise. It's something we conclude our drive time program with every single day. It's on my business card. Uh, you know, this week we've been talking about what is God like? You know, so many do see God as, as tough, as mean, as, as unreasonable. Uh, last week, uh, we did look at this God of the Old Testament. And this week, however, We're looking at what the scriptures, the picture the scriptures paint of the God of heaven. Now, we've looked, seen him as being a loving God, we've looked at him as being a forgiving God. But today, where is the God of heaven 
able to provide us with peace. Because the thing that I'm so conscious of is that there are so many in this world who don't have this thing called peace. Is he able to? Absolutely. Help us out. (laughs) I thought you'd want more than just absolutely. I have seen him work. I've seen him change lives. I've seen and... I've experienced his peace. Peace that passes understanding is wonderful. I'd love to stay in that mode 24 hours a day. It's just amazing. But, you know, when you look at mankind, mankind is on an endless quest for peace. Mm. You know, you you hear about summits are held and wars are even fought in an endless quest for peace. Peace is something that starts in our heart. And as we'll see as we go through, it's something that God wants to establish in our lives. I was very privileged a couple of weeks ago. Well, it was sad I didn't get to the women's retreat. I was sick. But they gave me a card. I just picked it up and I thought I'd share it. um, So what's a women's retreat? A women's retreat is where a group of ladies, whether they're in our church or not, is irrelevant um, they come together in fellowship, spend a weekend, a spirit-filled weekend, and um, it's it's just a, a beautiful thing to do. Yeah, uh, many women do need to have that time. We run what we also call a woman's ministry, and of course, the dads actually are often the one. Well, generally the ones who care for the you know for the kids, the boys, and the girls, and uh, so mum can actually come away for yes. the weekend yes. while dad cares for the family. Yes, and it's actually very rejuvenating. Yeah, yeah. And um, most people come away feeling as though they've been on a high, they've learnt a lot of things. It's a fun fellowship weekend as well. Yeah. But let me just share this card that they gave to every woman down mm. there, and it fits in with our topic. It says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's from Philippians 4, 7. Mm. And on the back it says, Five ways to peace. One, don't hold on to anger. Forgive others the way God forgives you. Two, stop caring what other people think. God's opinion is the only opinion that matters. Mm. Number three, happiness is a choice. Choose to be happy today. Number four, don't compare yourself to others. God made you unlike anybody else. You are unique. And number five, it's okay not to have all the answers. Trust God to give you the answers you need. And I thought, how applicable is that on the topic that we're actually talking about Amazing, isn't it? But, you know, I I just, first of all, we we think to ourselves, what does it mean to have God's peace? Gary, what what does it mean? Is it like a worldly peace or, you know, in, in one of the dictionaries I this read? Is, this is actually really important that we do actually define this because, mm. you know, I, I'm so conscious that the challenges that face everybody in this world are very much equally the same. Hmm. You know, the, the tragedies yes. that impact the, uh, the, the secular person also impact the Christian person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody is searching for it. Mm. They want peace. They want happiness. They want joy. But not as the world gives it to them. Okay. It's so transient. But let me share. Oxford Dictionary defines it as the state of being calm or quiet. Well, dear, I must be the most unpeaceful person in the world because I'm certainly not quiet, Gary. But, you know, it's saying such as when describing a place as peaceful or saying your mind is at peace. But when it comes to the biblical meaning and practical benefits, according to the Bible, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is the harmony 
and the calmness of body, mind and spirit that supersedes any earthly circumstance. Mm-hmm. Now, you think about that. When you look at nearly all of the letters of Paul in Scripture, start with the phrase, grace mm-hmm. and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a wonderful statement, isn't it? That, yeah. That's true. He yeah. writes. That's his. All. That's his. That's his salutation to yes. the people. That's how yes. he opens his letters. And why does he do that? Because that's that's his expectation, isn't it? Yeah. That but apart fa- from that, he's experienced it. Very good. Yeah. Very good. In other words, this yeah. is something that is living within his body. But Absolutely. but what he's come to to realize is that this is almost dare I say normative for the person who has the Holy Spirit actually living in their mind? I love that. Yes. Is that reasonable? say that. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but j- just tell me something. Yes. Is peace the same as happiness? I believe it transcends. I believe it's more than just happiness. Um, let me explain. There were two artists that were asked to paint a picture. Mm-hmm. And the picture was of a storm. Mm-hmm. And peace. It was to be entitled Peace. And one artist, he painted this very stormy, billowy wind. The trees were bending over and all the rest of it. And it was chaos. Yeah. The other artist painted a stormy scene as well. But the difference was on a branch was a bird. Mm-hmm. And that bird was calmly sitting there at peace. Wow. Why? Because that bird knew that he had a father in heaven, if you want to put it that way. Mm. He was unperturbed. He was unruffled. Yeah. And it wasn't just a happy little chirp from him. He was calm. And and if you think about it, there's the story of Christ uh, on one particular occasion was crossing the Sea of Galilee. Mm. And, uh, of course, on that particular occasion, a vicious storm broke out. You know, the, and these are the, the, the disciples are, of course, uh, people who are familiar with the sea. They're fishermen. They know how to deal with this. But that storm was so big that they start crying out to the, uh, to Christ himself, Lord, save us because we're going to perish. I mean, this must have been quite some storm. But Christ, in the middle of the storm, is actually a slave. Mm-hmm. That really says something to me. It says something incredibly powerful about this issue of, you know, the disciples were going through stormy times. You know, I, I'm so conscious that as Christians, we go through stormy times. Tell me something, do you uh, do you think that um, Christians ever become depressed? Because depression is a huge issue in our world uh, today. <laughs> Just before we answer that, because that's a that's an interesting yeah. question, and I can talk about that one. Just before we say that, let's go back to that storm. When Jesus woke up, what did he say to the storm? Peace, be still. What does he say to us? Yeah. He says, be still and know that I am God. Isn't that a key yeah. for us to know how to get peace in our heart? Indeed. You know, Indeed. to me, that's a lesson. Now, getting yeah. on to depression, that's very interesting because I have suffered depression. And I remember at one stage, my brother, who is also of the same faith as I am, he, thinking he did the right thing, he said, Christians don't get depressed. Okay. Now that was interesting because how, how did you feel about that when he said that? I was devastated because I was in a state of depression. So I went home and I thought, Christians don't get depressed. Christians don't get depressed. And then I thought, but I'm depressed. Therefore, I can't be a Christian. 
Ooh, that was dangerous. My, that's Dan- dangerous ground. Yeah. And and it was I praise the Lord for some very good ministers. Mm. I had a minister and I shared it with him and I said I was totally devastated. And he said, How do you think Joseph felt in the pit? Do you mm. think he was jumping for joy? Mm. While his brothers were thinking of either killing him or selling him off. <laughs> and he said, And how was Elijah? In fact, Elijah, we are actually told, uh, was in fact depressed. Yes. And what about Jonah? <laughs> I mean, you can go through the Bible yeah. and you can see little glimpses. Yeah. You know, when you say, should Christians get depressed? Christians do get depressed. We are humans. We have feelings and we get depressed. But let me tell you something. In a state of depression and having been down there to the nth degree, At that point, as a Christian now, I know that when I feel myself going down, and I suffer from PTSD as well, when I feel myself going into that, I turn to God. And before God, that depression would go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Now with God, I know he's there with me, Mm -hmm. and I know that he will take me out of that state. I know while I focus on him, Gary, I cannot stay in that state of depression. So does he lift you out of that state? Absolutely. I wouldn't be here today, Gary, if it wasn't for God Mm. pulling me up by the bootstraps Mm. many a time. Mm. You know, and when somebody comes to me and says, if I hear that again, I went back to my brother. I said, don't ever, ever mouth those words again. Mm. I said, Mm. you were enough to, if it wasn't for God... That would have sent me right over the edge. Yeah, and yeah. that's cruel, Gary. Yeah, that's cruel. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know. I've certainly had, uh, you know, my my mother before she passed away certainly went through significant times when uh, of of depression, and uh, uh, you know, I, I'm just so conscious that uh, Christians do deal with this particular issue. They do struggle with yes. this, and yet. Within the scriptures, there seems to be a power from outside of ourselves that is able uh, to positively impact uh, our lives. I wanted to break into song then and sing, He's able, He's able. I know He is able. Mm. I know He's able to carry me through. It's Look, it's not easy, and I'm not devaluing anybody that's in a state of depression right now, but I am talking from experience, and I know that... If, if I can't think of anything else at the time, if I just take a Bible promise and I focus on that promise, I break it down into parts and I talk to God about it, you can't stay in that state of depression. You know, it, it's interesting when you've actually got somebody else that you can trust, lean on, uh, somebody that you can actually, um, that, that you know will actually put their arm around you, that you can actually pour your heart out to. Mm. Uh, it is, it, it, it seems to make a significant change, uh, to a person's, to a person's life. Oh, Gary, uh, I agree, but at the same time, he will give us peace. Mm. He will give us a sound. Okay, mind. let's go back that's to our subject again. Let's that's go back why to I brought peace out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but he, he's promised to give us a sound mind yeah. as well. We need to trust his, these promises. Yeah. You know, he is the God of, of peace. How do we know that? Very quickly, Isaiah 9 verse 6. Do you have that there, Gary? Isaiah nine verse six. Isaiah nine, and uh, let's see if I can find uh, Isaiah here. Uh, Isaiah nine and verse Verse uh, 
uh, verse 6, and uh, it says uh, it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Pre- Everlasting Father, Prince of peace. Don't you feel like bursting into Handel's Messiah? Ah, uh, you can understand why Handel actually oh. did actually use yes. this verse in in that uh, that wonderful piece of piece yeah. of music. So the Bible here is describing Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace, mm. which is beautiful. And wherever Jesus reigns, there will be peace. Hey, now th- this Think is a, this is a beautiful words. promise, you know. This is a yes. fantastic promise because what it means is that what so many are dealing with in this world. I mean, we are actually living through an epidemic of both suicide and depression oh, right now. Terrible. Our world is being impacted, and there are so there are so many who are struggling with this, who are who are looking for solutions and to make. Uh, I suggest to people that hey, I know there's a place for for, for medication, and I, I I certainly support what our doctors actually do there. But do you know there are some simple practices uh, that I've certainly found when I get you know to, to me I'm just so aware of you know the sunlight. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you know to me when I'm feeling down. For me to go for a, a good seven, eight, nine, ten kilometre walk in a, you know, in a bright, clear sky with, uh, with the sun shining and listening to the birds without a headset on or anything like that, you know, to me, that changes me. Isn't it interesting? You picked on the sunset. For me, and, and I think for a lot of people who has depression, quite often the nights are the worst. Mm. And for me, I'm in a position where I pull the curtains back and I look up and it's in the middle of the night, not always at the start of the night, Mm -hmm. but in the middle of the night, it's like there's a morning star and it shines brightly. And I look at that star and I say, thank you, Father. That's awesome. You put the stars there. You're keeping them in place. You're sustaining them. I know you're looking after me. What a God we're actually served. Look, hold on, look, let's do a take a break there. Let's come to Linda Randall. We played this song yesterday, but I love it just so much that we're going to play it, play it again. This is a God of the Mountain is also, also the God of the Valley. Uh, please enjoy, uh, Linda Randall, uh, God of the Mountain. Is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known, but things change when you're down in the Never alone For the God on the mountain Is still God in the valley When things go wrong He'll make them right And the God of the good times Is still God 
God in the mountain is still the God in the valley. How true, how real uh, is that message for us today? Uh, look, guys, we do have a, uh, a giveaway, a book for you today. Uh, this book's entitled After God's Heart. Now, this is uh, uh, a study in brokenness from the life of King David. David has so much to actually teach us, uh, whether it's from the 23rd Psalm, whether it's from the 51st Psalm, uh, whether we live in green pastures uh, or whether we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death, we can all relate uh, to that song of David, the song that David had to sing. It's a song that we all sing at some point in our life. Now, look, this book is absolutely a fantastic book. Uh, After God's Heart is what it's entitled, A Study in Brokenness from the Life of, of King David. If you'd like a copy of uh, of that book, we'll get it to you by the fastest uh, possible means. And uh, just send us your, your name, your address, and uh, also your, your telephone number. Please just text that uh, to our drive time text number. Uh, that number again is 0488 880811. 0488 880811. Eight eleven. We would love uh, to be able to hear uh, hear from you uh, and uh, have you order uh, that uh, that particular book. It is free. There is no no cost uh, cost to it. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary this week. We're asking, what is God really like? And today we're looking at the question that's so relevant to so many in our contemporary world. We're simply asking, does that God uh, provide us with Peace. Now, Helen, we've got about five or six minutes. Can, can you bring it all together for us? Well, five or six minutes isn't very long, Gary. 
<laughs> now, maybe I could talk a lot faster, but yes, let's go back to it again. We're speaking about the God of peace, and we just spoke about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. But, you know, Paul also calls Jesus the Lord of Peace, and he says that Jesus can give us peace at all times and in every way. Gary, I'd like you to read 2 Thessalonians 3.16, and let's remember that when Paul wrote most of his epistles, most of his work was done from prison. You know, that's an amazing thought because what we've actually got is a person who's he's a very running a very busy life and it's when he's locked up in the prison cell and we're talking a dank a dark dank um a roman cell probably with his feet in the stocks and uh, that's when he sits down and he writes the things that are letters that we call today the epistles and yeah. uh, that particular text uh, second thessalonians uh, 3:16 says this now may the lord of peace himself give you peace Always, in every way, may the Lord be with you always. Absolutely. Absolutely. What beautiful words. Beautiful words. And when you combine it with the fact of his circumstance, he felt that peace. He experienced it. John fourteen twenty seven. Gary, Jesus' peace is different from that which the world gives. The world attempts <clears throat> to give us external peace, but Jesus gives us internal peace. Yeah, I love what this passage says. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Absolutely. That's I a, love that. That's the text that's on the back of my card. I love that text. Yeah. Let yeah. not your heart be troubled. Yeah, yeah. You know, believe in him. You know, uh, to, to me, I... I struggle sometimes when when people share with me as a um, as a pastor some of the challenges that they're actually facing. They're prepared to try almost any option, and yet they're not prepared to give at least give it a go uh, with God. This particular option, you know, to me, I look at it and I say, hey, I mean, I know in my life the incredible peace that has just swept over me, you know, issues. I haven't always been happy. You know, there are issues that hit you in your life that you turn around and they hit you like a, uh, like a, a, an incredible wave that just sweeps, sweeps over you. But you know, when you take it to the Lord in prayer, uh, when you share with Him, you get a peace comes into your mind that, as the scriptures say, surpass all Absolutely. understanding. Absolutely. It's, it's like in that moment, Gary, it's like it doesn't matter what happens next. Well, peace well, with God. What it's saying well. to me is that there is somebody who's got this thing in control. Yes. You know, I mightn't have it in control right now, but I know there is someone who's actually got it in control. Amen. And Amen. I know that I can pass those challenges across to someone. And to me, as I look at that, I think, wow, what a, what a God we're actually serving. You know, with, with God, it's endless hope. Yeah. But without him, it's a hopeless end. Yeah, that's a good way of expressing it. That's worth it. really that's thinking. You know, I, I read a statement that said, if God is inherently peaceful, then to appreciate God is to live in his peace. The nearer we move to him, the more of his peace we can experience. And thankfully, the Bible provides us specific guidance about how to be closer to him. For example, in fact, I think even in the midst of trouble, I think we've got another text there, John sixteen thirty three. if we could share that very quickly. Yeah, look, look this passage says, uh, these things... Things have I spoken to you, and of course this is Christ speaking, that in me you may have peace. 
in the world, and I'm really interested with what he actually says next, in the world you will have tribulation, mm-hmm. but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Now, now this is Christ is setting off two things against each other. He's acknowledging that in this world there is going to be a tribulation that is yes. going to impact the people of God. You know, it's not a uh, you know there there are some preachers who suggest that, you know, a health wealth gospel. You know, if you accept Jesus Christ, you're going to be healthy and wealthy, and you're going to receive all the blessings from God. Yes, you do receive the blessings from God, but do you know the life of faith means that sometimes. Uh, you do actually face tribulation. That's what Amen. Christ is saying here. Amen. And the difference is that you get through it a lot easier by having God's peace in your heart. Well, to me, it's something that I liken to, you know, a child who takes their parent hand because, you know, a child might be confused, might not know which way to go, might be distressed, mm-hmm. but it's when dad or mum picks them up. It's when dad or mum takes their hand that suddenly there is there's strength that yeah. they don't have themselves. And you know, that brings peace into the life yes. of the child. It's and unless and, and unless you become as a mm. child you sh- sorry, I'm taking over your spot, Ian. Oh, I noticed that, but that's okay. <laughs> and unless you become as a child, you sh- what does that actually mean? To me, I think this is this is an incredible, powerful statement here. Absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, I get I get carried away every now and then. On that's okay, I know that, and that's fine. Let me just mention Philippians four six. It says, "Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God." You know, we need to come closer to Him. The um, James 4 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And right throughout the Bible, it's peace that he will give us. 2 Peter 1 2 says, may God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. How do we come into the knowledge of God? How do we know him? Coming in prayer. Coming in prayer to and him. And praying and opening the Bible, and getting to know him. It wasn't until I finally said, God, I don't want to study the Bible to teach and preach anymore. I want to study to get to know who you are. Mm. And my life took a big, big leap. Yeah. And he has promised that he would come. You know, if you seek me and seek me with all your heart. Yeah. He's, he's given us so many wonderful problems. And he says in Romans eight twenty eight, we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. You know, he, he's individually, he's caring about each one of us. Yeah. Right now, right now, he is, he is wanting to take all our anxieties. He, he wants to give us the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And one of them is peace. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's beautiful. And I think we're going to have to. And, and, and that's, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, is love, joy, peace. Yes. When the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes people say, you know, how do I know that the Holy Spirit is actually with me? You know, some who say, you know, hey, you know, well, you've got to speak in tongues. Well, no, that's no. actually a gift of the mm. Spirit. Mm. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, patience, kindness, 
faithful. The list just goes on. You know, Galatians five is just so powerful yes. uh, in sharing on this particular passage. But Helen, look, I'm really conscious that our time's starting yes. to disappear from us. Would you like to pray for somebody who may be wanting Love that to peace? Gary. Love yeah. to Gary. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, again, we come to you and we want to praise you. You are God, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And Father, you have told us in Scripture that the peace of Christ is to rule in our hearts and we are members of one body who were called to peace. And we are thankful, Lord, that you have called us to peace. Help us to trust you more, to love you more dearly, to see you more clearly and to walk with you a lot nearer. Father, I pray these things for every listener and for Gary and I myself that we can have this peace that passes understanding, that people will know that we're not angry, we're not distrustful, but that we are in love with the most amazing friend that we can have in our life. Please bless each one, I pray, in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Helen Gray on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano will be hosting and uh, Helen will again uh, be addressing the the question of the day. Uh, Tomorrow we're asking, can God provide healing? What about physical healing? Can he? Uh, heal us. You don't want to miss that one. That is a really important one. And I, I, I know that you've got some experience there, Helen, that oh. is uh, is absolutely mind-blowing. And I, uh, yeah, I'd love to be with you tomorrow <laughs> as well on this one. I really look forward to seeing each of you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God Richly bless you.